You have to do your actual sound check. Like, uh, 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 is this on? <laughs> yep, we're, we're good. We're good. Everything's already pre-dialed because we have it pre-mixed in the studio, so. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we are here for a very fun episode, something that we're both pretty excited about having done. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, so this is another interview episode, and um, this is really funny because we're both like obsessed with this band, like almost unhealthily so. And the fact that they agreed to do this with us is just so amazing. And then it was so much fun to do this interview. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, we had to, we tried something new with the sound on this one, uh, like a new style of recording with multiple people. So hopefully it works out well and like you guys enjoy the way we did it. Because um, it'll probably be like the way we do interviews more often, at least virtual ones. Um, with so more than feedback, three like, let us know. people anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys have any feedback, you can let us know. Or if you have any other tips of how we could do this, you can also let us know. Yes. Um, so without further ado, we will get into the questions now. So, um, to start the episode, we always like to ask our guests four questions. So each of you guys are going to answer this. So you're going to tell us your name your favorite beer, your favorite piece of pop culture, and a weird fact about you. Okay. All right, who, who's going first? That's all you, Vaughn. <laughs> all right, all right, so my name, uh, I'm Vaughn, Vaughn, and um, I play guitar and Acid Dad. And, um, okay, so what was the second question? It was what was um, your, your favorite beer? Oh, my favorite beer. Well, my favorite beer, I love wheat beers, or my favorites, like Hefeweizens. Mm-hmm. I really, really like, like, true german like beer is like honestly we get like hofbrau hefeweizen is really good but i'm drinking um i don't know if you see this it's like transmitter brewery this is like a brewery that was next to um our old apartment in fort green and um it's really good it kind of it's a pilsner but it kind of actually kind of tastes like a hefeweizen it has like some type of spicy thing in it so it's like a pilsner i don't know it's really good so transmitter brewery get that where you're at it's good um and then um your favorite piece of pop culture so we leave this one yeah. super open-ended so you can describe you right. can choose to interpret that however you would like yeah i know i was like do i even like pop culture i was like and then i pull up youtube and i was like of course i like pop culture so <laughs> my favorite thing i've like been watching uh recently is like this dj guy name um like s-a-u-t i don't know how to pronounce it it's like some british dude yeah s-u-a-s-u-a-t and he has like this portable like dj rig that and he like djs in like public places and then gets chased by cops all the time um it's like really really wholesome and positive vibes only so i'll i'll like i'll drop a link after this and you guys can watch it okay good, good time that sounds like fun yeah yeah and yeah. then um what's a weird fact about you a weird fact you know um I don't know. It's it's hard to like talk about yourself, but what's a weird fact about me? We got a, we have a pet snake. It's pretty weird. I always forget it exists, but it does exist. What kind of we snake feed, is like, it? We feed it like once every two weeks. I'm like, oh yeah, I have a pet. I kind of forget every two weeks. Um, it's a corn snake. It lives in our in our little office. It's very quiet. Makes no noise. I don't know why I asked what kind of snake it was. Like, I wouldn't know what kind of snake it was. <laughs> you know anything about snakes. I mean, cord snakes. If you know snakes, if you grew up in, like, you know, Tennessee or something, like, you, you see cord snakes. Uh, I grew up in Florida. Um, or, yeah, I think Florida's got corn snakes. Oh, corn snakes. I don't know what that is. Yeah. They're, like, <laughs> the ones you see in your garden. I don't know. Yeah. It's They're mellow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's my weird fact. <laughs> Yeah, I have never seen this snake before. I just Googled it. I have, I have no idea what this is. I'm from the Midwest, so we don't, was, we don't yeah, see this. Snakes, like, you cool. have I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> All right, Trevor, 
although I just guess I, I said your name, but yeah. <laughs> what is your name? So my name is Trevor. Um, I played drums in Acid Dad. Um, my favorite beer would probably have to be um, Torpedo, IPA in Sierra Nevada. Um, today I'm drinking, so I'm also from Florida, so Narragansett is special to me now that I'm up in New York. Really didn't get it that much in Florida, so I like to drink Narragansett when I can. It tastes like the Northeast to me. <laughs> um, my favorite piece of pop culture... I mean, as like a single moment, I would say like Pink Floyd live at Pompeii, but as like an entire piece of pop culture, I'm really into like Vaporwave and I'm really into something called um, like the back rooms or liminal photography. Um, yeah, I don't know. Look it up. It's something really interesting, I guess. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll drop a link. Yeah, link. <laughs> Should I be keeping track of all these links that you're dropping? Yeah. <laughs> 20%. And then what's going to be dropping links? And then um, what's your weird fact about you, Trevor? That's a good question. Um, I, used to, <laughs> I used to do gymnastics when I was a lot, lot younger. I probably stopped when I was like, I don't know, five or six, but maybe even a little older than that, seven. But yeah, I did gymnastics for a long time. I can still do some cartwheels and stuff. I right, feel are like really good at cartwheels. That's like yeah. that's why girl used to be on a roof. You know, yeah. Alex starts doing cartwheels and you start doing cartwheels. I'm like, damn, I cannot do a cartwheel. I can do handstands and headstands and stuff still. So I don't know. It uh, stayed with me, I guess. That's amazing. I got put through, gym- I got put through gymnastics as a kid, but it did uh, did not last very long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did one year of gymnastics and I was really bad at it. So like, I power to anyone that can do gymnastics. That like terrifies yeah. me watching it. I'm like, they're gonna break a bone. <laughs> like I can just see myself like throwing out my back, trying to. Do oh, that. I do. I throw out my back every time, and it's not graceful. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's getting harder every year for sure. <laughs> um, out of curiosity, where in Florida are you from? St. Pete. It's okay. Like right next to Tampa. Yeah. 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 Um, I went my to boyfriend's parents live there. My, oh, really? My they go there parents. like every other year. Yeah. Sweet. My partner's parents also just bought a house in St. Pete. So. <laughs> I was I was gonna make the joke like yeah that's everyone's boyfriend's parents. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a really beautiful place. I I, I miss it a lot. Um, I love New York, obviously. And every time I leave New York, I miss it. But there's something really fun and pretty about St. Pete. Um, but, I mean, it's it's basically just the same price to live down there right now than it is up here. Yeah. Uh, it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I went to college in Gainesville, so it's much nicer than Gainesville. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Gainesville's beautiful, too. I like, uh, I like Gainesville a lot. Is it, though? It's a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> True. Swamp <laughs> That's where all the snakes are. <laughs> yes, that is where all the snakes are. Actually, kind of, that could be a weird fact. My grandfather actually up in that area, there's like a, the plains um, near Gainesville, right under Gainesville. My grandfather used to like rattlesnake hunt, I guess my father has told me. Um, I, I don't know. So yeah, right under Gainesville. <laughs> he was doing that, I guess. Yeah, there's like buffalo in those plains, apparently, like a, a wild herd. Yeah. That's, uh, I always tell people I'm going to Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were they just, like, swimming? Um, it's not, like, it's not, like, like, wet there. It's, like... (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, like, it is a little swampy, but they're just, like, like, trudging through the mud, like, fighting alligators. (laughs) Pretty chill. That's that's cool. Real quick, as we kick off, Lindsay, do you want to highlight what beer you're drinking since these guys highlighted? Yeah, um, I'm drinking Sour Tangy. It's a sour IPA with tangerine and lime from Blue Oak Brewing. It's like one of my favorites. That's um, such a good beer. In the Bay Area. I was in the Burbs for work, so I went there just to see if they had it, and they did. Nice. And then um, I've got Flora, which is a ginger wit beer from Low Res. And this was their beer that they do every year for International Women's Day. So they had this in cans last time I was down at the tap room. I love a good ginger beer. And yeah, it's a little spicy. It's kind of nice. Have Sounds you had good. it before? Have I had this? I've yeah. only had it on draft. I haven't had it in oh, cans, okay. but I haven't had it in a while. I haven't <clears> been to low res in a while. I won't make a wise a spicy joke then. 
we have, that was a different podcast episode. But exactly. That's a joke. Why is it spicy? No way. That's a huge, huge goat in the car for us. Like, why is it spicy? That was such a good impression of it. Oh we, we, like, <laughs> cry so laughing over that TikTok all the time. But it's cool. Why is it spicy? It, 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 that hits home. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right. So, um... On to potentially actual questions. Um, so you guys actually just got back from playing Shaky Knees in Atlanta. Um, how did you guys enjoy that? We've actually both been multiple times to Shaky Knees. We've traveled down there, and Lindsay used to live in Atlanta for a little bit. Well, how did you guys enjoy the festival? I know you guys, like, just got back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was really chill. Um, Atlanta's really cool. I grew up in, in Tennessee, in Nashville, so I used to, like, go down to Atlanta, like, pretty often. So it was, like, kind of, like... Not my backyard, but like it felt, you know, it feels like kind of like home to me. So it was really, I, we haven't played Atlanta. I don't think, Trevor, was it first time playing Atlanta with us? I don't know. No, we played with the uh, Rude Dude and the Creek Freaks and someone else at, um, I can't remember what it was. Sorry. It was like underground. It was like that, like. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a while ago, though. Was it like the Atlanta underground or was it like the Masquerade? Maybe. It was like a small venue. It was like very cavernous, but uh, I'm, did I it have multiple floors I, or just I like, the one? Sorry, I like looking you know, on your remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, <laughs> anyway but Chicken East is like really That's cool. Uh, we had like a really great time. I, it's it's pretty it's pretty honestly awesome playing like a festival where you like you roll up and they're like, okay, we're like loading up the gator, like put all the gear in, and they drive. You know, they drive you to the stage and like. It's just like it's like really fun to like work with like a really big production and like play on a really big stage, and um, play also like play like a lot of people. Like our time slot was like low key, like really really ideal. It was like right the first day, so no one's hung over. Two p.m. Everyone's walking into the gates, and like the criminal record stage is like right there. So like yeah. we play, and like there's tons of people there, and everyone's like really stoked, and like I said, not hung over, so everyone's like hype. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know. Is it? Said, <laughs> Yeah, so it was great. It was a really, really good show. I uh, like Shaky Knees, I went last year when they pushed it to the fall for, you know, to, like, hoping that COVID environment would be better. They ran out of alcohol, and like, or they ran out of beer, like, multiple times. So we just started drinking Red Bull and vodka because they had that. And that was a mistake, but we had a really good time. <laughs> wow, yeah, I can see how that, like, take a turn for like a whole 30,000 people they ran out of craft beer like Saturday afternoon like 4 p.m. or something and then by Sunday they were out of all beer so the entire crowd by the time the strokes went on Sunday night was not there anymore <laughs> wow That's um, yeah. I haven't been to Shaking Knees in forever but my first Shaking Knees was when it was still like in a parking lot of a mall uh like nice. I think in 2014 that was like three years of the festival it rained every year and they were like it's gonna rain every year, I guess. Um, but I was gonna ask, like, do you feel like, um, like playing a festival is a big discovery opportunity for you guys? Where like people kind of, as you mentioned, like see you for the first time. Have you like seen any like correlation to like listening base or Spotify streams? Yeah, I think even just like being on the flyer alone, like you know, like that alone is is a ton of people posting, a ton of like eyes are on that. But then like. Yeah, I mean, playing the festival, I think there were a lot of people who didn't really know what to expect and maybe haven't heard of us. And like Vaughn said, it was a really good opportunity of like, we were one of the first bands. So a lot of people came just because like, they were there and they weren't hungover and they were like, you know, there to enjoy music, which felt really good. Um, and then, you know, just the whole weekend of walking around to, you know, meeting other bands, meeting, um, you know, fans and people and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it was, yeah, definitely like a big... Um, booster. I mean, we've seen a lot of things come from it already. I'd say. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So I know you guys. You guys talked about you know the the kind of like experience of having everything like set up. You guys kind of get carted around the festival. How do you enjoy playing at the actual festival versus like a club show or something? You know, where you kind of have. I mean, I understand you guys have a little more control over like the club sets, mm -hmm. but how do you guys kind of you know what's that kind of like? Like, what do you guys think about that? Well, a big part of our set is like a visual aspect. Um, so my brother, Webb, he does all our um, projections and CGI stuff and uh, animations. And so obviously during the day, 
like you can't really see a projector unless you have like a crazy 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 one you know so um that's kind of like the only i I wish there are there were some stages that had like the the crazy awesome lcd screens and i was like really 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 hoping that we would be playing one one of those and that's what what i wanted to do like so bad just like patch in and vj off of um (laughs) giant you know led screens yeah but it's just like the reality is but like we'll definitely do it one day so it's like really you know we're looking forward to doing um because we love like the animations and stuff like he he comes to practice and he practices as well with us and we just all sit there and just like look at the wall and we just practice and just like watch because the projectors we have are like amazing they're like and they look so good in our studio space so it's it's like such a fun thing to just play and write music to like this you know live you know, <clears throat> feedback of color or cool animations he's been making that week. Um, so that's a big part. So that, that's why I kind of prefer clubs in a way. Um, mm-hmm. Also, there's like an acoustic aspect of like a room. And I, I think where like music is technically like written, I think always is where it sounds best. So like we play like kind of in like a basement. And I think it kind of sounds best in a club kind of basement. And so stuff outside can kind of be a hit or miss for a lot of bands. But I think, I mean, our stuff definitely is really loud, so it sounds great outside. Yeah, I mean, to, like, kind of, like, I mean, honestly disagree is, like, I've always actually thought, especially with Web, like, in, you know, let's say it was an opportunity when it was, like, nighttime or something like that. Like, really, we've always kind of designed our show around to be, like, a bigger kind of thing. And, like, Mm -hmm. as like fun as clubs are and they do sound really good at this point it's always felt very like small and crowded where like some of those bigger stages feel like a little more like in control and like you know if we did have the right time slot necessarily not the right time slot but a later time slot where like you know you could see the visuals it was more of a show like i think in the grand scheme of things like obviously that is our goal are those bigger stages and but, you know, again, like, at the heart of everything, we've been doing playing these clubs for so many years that it's hard not to love them. You know, they are the heart and soul of all of the music, like you were saying, Vaughn, so. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we've actually seen you guys as early as 2018, actually. Uh, you guys played on my birthday at the Empty Bottle in Chicago, so we had, nice. like, Sorry. 10 of our friends go. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I was We just... love the Empty Bottle in Chicago, honestly. It's, like every tour it's definitely like it like if not the height like one of our favorite shows every single time like without a doubt chicago is a blast yeah i we saw you or i saw you i guess yeah i, saw I was you. Not <laughs> i'm struggling with the words today um i saw you with my partner at the empty bottle last year um with frankie and the witch fingers and i was gonna say like the cgi like playing over top of you guys was just like the coolest experience to see like the the um take from the dead kind of cgi like with the with the music, um, it was just a really cool experience. And like, with it being on top of you guys, it almost looked like you guys were the the, the guy on the cover. Um, so it was just a really cool thing to see. And then again, like the empty bottle, I feel like is a wild venue. Um, so like, the mosh pit there <laughs> that night was just crazy. <laughs> just seeing people go crazy at like a tiny little venue where, like, you guys are maybe like two feet above them. <laughs> yeah, the stage is like really tall. Um, yeah, it's really funny. I I, I have one story about playing the empty bottle. Um, my parents uh, were actually at this show, and I love my parents so much because they come to like a lot of shows and they love Chicago. And this was like I don't know before COVID, and it was we played empty bottle, and there's this like lady who like was sitting on the stage, and my mom was also like side stage, like you know I could like mm-hmm. and apparently I didn't notice because I don't really pay attention to what's going on in the crowd when we play. But apparently, this lady, like, was drinking, and then she, like, took my set list, because I noticed halfway through the set, my set list was gone, and she, like, ate it <laughs> during the set. Like, literally, like, ripped it up and ate my set list. And my family watched it happen. I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea that it happened. I just thought somebody, like, stole the set list, but she apparently ate it during the set. Yeah. yeah, that could be empty bottle. <laughs> that yeah, could be yeah. the empty bottle. Shout out to that lady for listening. Let yeah, us know. I was like, you know, maybe she's <laughs> really hungry. I don't know. They yeah, don't, don't have food there. Going on there. Cool. <laughs> That's yeah. such a good story. It's so weird. Yeah, my, my mom tells us story like all the time. I'm, I'm like, I wish I saw. I wish I saw it. Yeah. 
Chickens and that is really that's really nice that your parents come to a lot of shows. I always think it's really cute. We'll go to like shows and you'll definitely see someone that's like the parent there. I saw Disc play Shubas here in Chicago back last December and it was like empty. It was terrible weather. And we're like, wow, this woman's so nice. She's like recording the whole set. And I'm like, oh, that's one of the guy's mothers. <laughs> Tulsa, you know, like yeah. you need a family support. <laughs> Yeah. When we were like, no, you know, Trevor's family was there. We're all chilling, drinking. Like, it's good. You know, it's good vibes when the family's there. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's nice to have the support. Your parents be, like, proud of you and, like, show you that they're proud of you. It's, 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 it's always a good feeling, you know? Yeah. Okay, so Take It From The Dead was released uh, July 2021. Um, so it's been almost a year since the album's come out. Uh, and you've gotten to spend some time touring it. Uh, how do you feel like the reception's been? And like, how, how have you, how's it been touring it? Or finally getting to tour it, I guess. It's been a bit chill. Well, I mean, uh, it's kind of interesting, actually, because uh, the first, I would say, so it's hard to say timeline-wise with COVID now, but a little before COVID, we had done like maybe a tour or two where we were playing like most of Take It From The Dead, I would say at one point. We were playing like a lot of the songs and, you know, we toured it for, you know, it felt like for a while. So for us, we would really develop the songs. And then when it finally came out, we started actually like um, being able to go out and people, you know, were, were able to like tell us about it or like, it just seemed like, um, it, it, it was kind of weird, actually. Like, it definitely revamped the songs for us on our own, even, I feel like, once it actually came out, because it just made it almost something else where people were more excited now that they knew the music and they can listen to it, that they were stoked, and, like, we got re-stoked about the songs in a weird way. Um, does that make sense? I mean... No, like, yeah. no that sounds super No, high. I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, it's... When it's a song that you've never heard before, it's, like harder to get into I guess than like when you've heard it before and you get like stoked about it on your own and then you get to finally see it live exactly yeah and that's just a matter of like you can only be so stoked for new music like you said it's it's just another kind of trigger in the brain when like you know I go see my favorite bands and like they play my favorite song it's like I'm really interested in the new songs and and like um but it just does something else where you know um, playing something that you're familiar with that you were looking forward to is different and so you know I guess feeding off that energy with some of the songs and like seeing what um, had been kind of working in the past kind of shifted in a weird way of like songs and like how reception ended up happening um, there weren't any like big surprises but maybe some different songs that um, come off a little better live or some things like that um, it's been interesting interesting to see at least uh, have you, how have you like revamped songs then since like you were touring it before it was out and then you toured it after, or I guess you, you saw the reception to it and then I assume you hadn't recorded it yet. So did they change, I guess, in like, do they progress at all or change, um, between the two? Yeah, we had definitely done some demoing, um, there were some different actually problems with the initial recording process with our own studio. Um, we had to move a lot and a lot of different things happened with just being in New York and um, the craziness of all that. So it was kind of this weird thing where we record some demos, we would take it on the road just to see how they sound, and then we come back, you know, maybe record some other stuff. And then eventually um, it turned into these songs that were like, um, we, we just felt like they were locked down after, after, rec- after recording with them for a while. Um, and then we finally, you know, Went to Diamond City, um, worked with our friend Ayad there, um, and pretty much just like got the drum takes. And once that was there, um, those were the songs for the most part. Um, and pretty much, I would say, let's just for the sake of the story, COVID happened after that, you know? Um, so we were really just sitting on the recordings um, and came back out of COVID really with these new songs, but not quite new in a weird way. Um, if you had been to our shows, you would probably hear a lot of the songs we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they changed a lot. Um, we even changed some like older, older songs that um, 
you know, from maybe first records or EPs, we've completely changed them, like Brain Body. Um, we're always just for our own sake of... What's that? It's like it's like a Doom version now. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, just for our own sake of, you know, artistic expression and just um, having fun, we like to change it up and do all sorts of versions and, like... Um, yeah, it's kind of fun to look back on like, oh, in like 2018, we did this song this way. And then like next year we did it completely different. And um, yeah, it's part of, you know, it could be a completely different song at the end of the day, I guess. Yeah, that kind of brings to like another question I have on here, which is what song do you feel like you constantly are revisiting and changing live? Or is your favorite to do that too? Well, we definitely do it most to Brain Body, I'd say. Um, yeah. Yeah, we definitely started there. Yeah. And also, like, Loons and Creature was, I mean, I guess, like, the whole levitation session was, like, that moment because um, our label was, like, we uh, we want you to do a levitation session, but we had Take It From The Dead, like, mm-hmm. basically in the hole, ready for release, and it was scheduled, the levitation was scheduled to come out um, basically before the record. So they were, like, you can't do any new songs, really. Do, like, one new song. So we, you need to do the older songs, and I was like, dude, I've been playing these older songs forever. Like, you, like I, I can't, I can't do it. So I was like, screw it, we're gonna play every song completely different, or like, so then we completely reworked all of them. So if you watch the levitation session, it's all our kind of older songs from our first record, but kind of a, in a new way. And um, that really, like, living with the creature was like the most popular one. And that was honestly kind of like a flopped single when we released it, like no one listened to it. But when we revamped it and did it on Levitation, it was like popping. And it's it's like one of the hypest songs we play in our set now. So it's cool. Like it, every song kind of has like a lifetime and then it, we change it. And that's just how it is. Like it's kind of like what the Grateful Dead does. You know, they, they play a thing for a tour and they're like, that's how we play to that tour. And then <clears throat> they get bored and they'll do it a different way. Do like a country mm-hmm. version or a psyche version funky version whatever like we'll, we'll do whatever we want kind of in the day that levitation session was a lot of fun we actually watched it here in chicago live when you guys did it and i i remember being really excited because it was so much of the early music that i mean yeah. obviously i hadn't seen you guys in a while because of covid yeah. and whatnot but hearing those like older songs was so exciting and then knowing the new album was on the horizon it was just like oh this is just like, a great like hurrah of these older songs before the new album comes out yeah it really like worked out and I really like it was also like the beginning of like um, basically what Web was working on because mm-hmm. the stuff like we, that was like really when we were learning how to edit video. Like we didn't know how to edit video, and we like shot. We had a friend of ours, Ben Klein, uh, shot the whole thing, but we were like, no, we're gonna edit it. And so we're like learning how to use <laughs> Premiere and also like key stuff and also do CGI. So it took like a really long time to edit and. Um, it was like a huge, huge milestone in producing like an hour long film. Like, I mean, yeah, we like only produced like two or three music videos, and let alone like an hour long film. So, we learned so much, and like the whole session was like a really, really amazing, uh, you know, thing we accomplished. And you guys did that in front of <clears throat> like a, I guess, a blue screen, green screen. Yeah, blue screen. Yeah, green screen, blue screen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was in our old studio before the flood. We like bought um this like blue fabric from like a wholesaler in new jersey and um yeah we just like rigged it up i probably would i would definitely do it differently now we had some problems keying in post but we made it happen so with the uh, learning experience yeah exactly and we're like oh we should have did better lighting like that really makes a huge difference when keying with the with the CGI, how do you, do you just kind of trust web or do you like go through before it like comes out? Like for the, I guess for the levitation sessions, did you? Yeah, we, we, we like work together like a lot on it. Um, I do trust him like with my life. Like, of course he's my brother. So, and also like, I mean, creatively we hold each other like, accountable. So like, um, anything he does, I'm like a hundred percent support. Um, but we definitely critique each other. It's like a very, very healthy, you know, creative relationship. But um, with that, I mean, I told him, I was like, dude, like, what if we, we both know what's cool, like, between ourselves. So I'm like, yo, right. we're, we're going to do what's cool, like, whatever we're, we're feeling. So doing it was very, like, fluid, you know, and uh, we weren't satisfied until it, you know, we were both satisfied, you know. 
we knew when it was going to be done, basically. Sorry, we're like so, jumping um, around here. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Oh, you're chilling, you're cool. <laughs> no, I mean like so, in our list of questions that we're yeah, trying yeah, to figure yeah. out. Yeah, take your time, it's cool. <clears throat> so, um, we're, Lindsay and I are both big like record collectors and I know um, there were a lot of unique pressings for Take It From The Dead. And we've talked on the show before, even with, you know, Jack from the Porn Crumpets, we've talked about it ourselves between supply chain and material availability and just line time to press vinyl. Did you guys run into any issues with the number of variants that you had? I mean, didn't you guys just release new, aren't there new variants being sold like right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, since this was like kind of a long time coming with the record we really had enough time actually to get it all pressed i mean there were there were obviously way more um i'm not gonna say restrictions or there were just like things we had to work around that were different than normal because i mean as harry uh says our manager who uh runs uh greenway and he, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like nine months it's like basically like bringing a child into the world more or less like timeline yeah. so it's like it's a whole nother game than the two or three months we you know used to be able to press records and just like boom 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 put stuff out um there has to be a lot more intention luckily for us there already was a lot of plans and a lot of intention after more or less years of planning yeah. records so um I'm not going to say no, there wasn't issues, but I, I will say we were very either lucky or just strategic about how we did it. Um, you know, we're kind of, I'm not going to say we're running into problems now, but there's also kind of like, you know, if you don't start pressing stuff now and not even nine months, so late, you know, it's, it's a long, it's a long, long turnaround time. Um, and it, it, I guess it was an issue, a lot of it for, um, you know, when we, we had a flood and everything at our studio yeah. and some yeah. of the, we just are getting back some of the records from other bands that got ruined. Um, they're just getting their like first pressings of their records now. So, you know, that, that was <laughs> nine months ago or so at this yeah. point. Um, so that could be, you know, very, very devastating if you already had something on, on the release, something happens and uh, it's it's a real problem and I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I think just being strategic about it all and, and just knowing now it, it is like it's going to take sometimes a year potentially to get records, which is crazy. But uh, it sounds crazy. Yeah. I, <laughs> we just pre ordered um, Post Animals album that comes out tomorrow and it's not coming until February. And I feel like I've read somewhere that like the intention of buying or the intention of listening goes down when like you're not able to release together and it's just it's so hard to navigate that like do you delay your record until it comes out or do you like hold off and like not send anything out or do you just do a pre-order yeah well i mean sorry go ahead Mom. no 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 yeah i yeah yeah well i was gonna say i mean that kind of also maybe goes into what kind of vaughn and i have been talking about a little bit it depends who you ask you know if you ask a record label like obviously this is a really big issue. This is their main product or yeah. you know, a lot of people we work with. It's a real issue. It's the main product. It's, it's vinyl. It's, um, but in another sense, maybe, you know, this is a time for a change in like the, uh, psychedelic or rock indie whatever world where you look at hip hop and it's a lot more of a single release. It's a lot more of a visual release. It's a lot more of like, boom, boom, boom. And then nine months later you have a mixtape or you have this record and in that time, you already know you already have these songs pressed, and it's already, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just being strategic. And 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 we can't really do what we have been doing in, in the the record label world and the music industry for the last hundred years, or so, you know, like it it's not necessarily working, and it's not going to continue to work. So something needs to change, you know. And I don't think it shouldn't be like the amount of vinyl people put out or like. You know, if Adele wants to order five hundred thousand records, she should be able to. Like, I hate to reference that, but like, no, we I, talk I about it all the time. Think, like, we've yeah, referenced like, it on the podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it, but she should be able to, and and someone else should be able to, and um, you know, it's it's hard though because every there's there's a supply chain of endless, you know, uh, metal and wood and so on and so forth. But 
yeah, it's interesting. I think from our end, just being strategic and finding new ways to release music and think about um, <clears throat> releasing art in the digital age, I guess, mm-hmm. is the way to do it now. Yeah, I feel like it, that makes a lot of sense. Like, Beach House sort of did this with their release um, for, like, Once Twice Melody. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had, like, a heart attack that I forgot the name of it. Where they kind of released it in, like, fours. Um, and it was really cool to be able to get, like, that sneak preview of, like, what you were going to get eventually. And I, it, like, it, I don't know. I got hype, like, listening every time that there was, like, a re- like an EP release. And Joywave kind of did that with um, Cleanse, where they had, like, a, they had a small EP, and then half of that EP was the album. Or the, sorry, that EP was half of the album, and I think it's, like, a really fun way to kind of give, like, a, a teaser to people. Yeah. I also, I, I feel like I get excited. I don't mind pre-ordering records, because I'll forget. I don't either. I forget that it's coming, so I, I have the first <laughs> listen, and, like, I'll keep listening, and then all of a sudden the record shows up, and I'm like, fuck yeah! <laughs> and it's just <laughs> kind of, like, a, a, like a re-emergence. It's actually really interesting. I've been, like, thinking about this for, like, a while. Like, I'm like, well, what does, like, the consumer, like, really do because like i i like i low-key like don't really buy records anymore like also like hanging out with their record label i don't know i just like giving records and i don't i don't i'm like like it's sort of like my neighbor's huge consumer and stuff so i always think about like people are people bombed when the record shows up like eight months later you know and apparently no like my my neighbor who buys i always give him his records that come in the mail like once you know four a week and he's always super stoked. So I think it's, this is all like super interesting, you know? Yeah. And like how you, how you compile a record because also like records like aren't really written overnight, you know? It's like a, right. the process that happens over, you know, like a long period of time. So how do you release that music? And Trevor and I have been talking a lot about that. Like, should we just like write a song, drop it, and then like compile it later, you know? And so because like sometimes like, you sit on so much music and then you get over it and then the time to come out, you know, it's been two years since you wrote it and you're a different person at that point. So it gets really complicated, you know? Yeah. <laughs> to find the, exactly the original, like how it kind of like, um, what's the, oh, Sheer Mag, the band Sheer Mag from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They, I think their first like handful of songs or like first record is like, I think it's even called like mixtape volume one or two or something like that where you know, just like, and I don't think this is necessarily intentional, more of just like, as a new band, you're releasing just singles and, you know, it was really good, so it blew up. But yeah, I really like, I really like that idea of just like, um, just releasing kind of when you want and not being necessarily so attached to every single thing you do for the most part. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I will say I get almost a little bummed out when records come on time, because like it's it's <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> like it's it's <laughs> like if something's coming, if, if something's being released on like the Friday and then the record's coming on like Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll like hold off on listening until it comes in. But it's just so exciting to like when there's a band that you really like, like getting to listen to the album for the first time, and then it's showing up and it's like Christmas because you. Forgot you ordered it, and then Stephanie's one that gets four records a week, and you're like, "Oh, I have no idea what I'm getting this week." Like sometimes yeah, it'll I show up, and I'll be like, in. "What is this?" And then it's just it's so exciting. It's like getting to open a present. It is very much consumerism, but yeah, it's been working. Our- oh, we had it all along. <laughs> we just never knew it. <laughs> it's like almost a nostalgic <laughs> factor of like, good. yeah, like I feel like now like everyone's got such a hold on like what's showing up to your apartment. Like you know, you order something two days later, it's there. And it's, like, it kind of brings back the nostalgic factor of, like, things just showing up and you have no idea what it is because you don't have tracking or you, like, like, back in the day when we were kids, like, getting excited to get a piece of mail. It's kind of like that, where, like, you have that record that shows up that you never got tracking for, um, and then all of a sudden it's here and, like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And that happens a lot. Yeah, I I run and meet the mailman. The mailman always, like... (laughs) Um, rings the doorbell and I like run downstairs and I'm like what is it? What came in? <laughs> That's fun. So um, obviously you guys have been pretty busy on tour you know within the last couple months you know and you toured last fall you were just on a mini tour before Shaky Knees um, how has it been adjusting to going back on the road and touring in this you know COVID environment? Even, you know, back to last year when, I know last fall, there was, you know, a big spike in cases, at least here in Chicago and into the winter. 
um, just how has it been just kind of getting back, you know, adjusting to being on the road in this different environment? Um, to be honest, the first word that comes to mind is expensive. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, everything is like double the price, gas, mm-hmm. um, lodging. Luckily, we've been really taken care of by venues with food and some things like that. But still, I mean, you know, cost of living is way more expensive than um, vans and cars are nearly impossible to rent right now. Like, yes, yeah. like literally today, like, like this has been our whole day. I was... I, I, you, I, we're three months out for our August run, and we mm-hmm. literally cannot find a van in in a five hundred mile radius of New York to rent. Like, it's there. There literally, there's nothing. And and we found one, and it was like five thousand dollars. Like, it's in absolute for two weeks. It's like actually yeah. insane. And, and then even for August, or sorry, for um, October in LA, we're starting to we're touring LA, and we can't find anything to rent. In October in LA, I could find something in New York, but we're supposed to fly to, to LA, and I can't find anything. It's like there's no, there's not enough cars, let alone passenger vans. Um, yeah, fun fact about that: it's because of the microchips shortage because of COVID. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a huge problem. And on top of that, like when we when we first started, or sorry, when COVID first started, I actually sold our van because it had some problems, and we're spending so mm-hmm. much time repairing it. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like let's just sell it i sold it for i'm not gonna tell you how much i sold it for but i really regret it um because now like because back then it was like fifteen hundred dollars to rent for a month right and now it's four thousand dollars five thousand dollars and i would have no idea that you know that would have been the case in three years you know we know no one saw this coming so it's really really tough i don't we really don't know like how to tackle this problem to be honest that's like but, something I've never um, even thought about being like yeah. an issue. It's wild how like these ra- like things that you don't even think about, like COVID is affecting like even small like not small things, but like things that you would never even expect it to like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what were you gonna say, Jared? Oh, I would mean I mean I totally agree with you. It's it's we would never think that we just couldn't find a van. You know, yeah. it's yeah. yeah. One, it's one thing to be expensive, but like some places are literally just they just don't. There's no bookings; they just don't exist. It literally doesn't exist. I I can't. I don't. There's like one left in Philly. I'm talking to the person right now, and I'm like debating whether or not to spend this exorbitant amount of money for two weeks, or I just take, you know, our car and you know just slap on six thousand miles, you know, and all this depreciate. That's the thing. It's like the, like we have a car, but it's like it's depreciation, and so. You, regardless you're eating the cost so it's like kind of where you want to put that cost um and something you already own or it's 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 really really tricky yeah at the same point though i will say like i feel like there's a whole nother um like amount of energy that people are bringing out and there's a lot more people coming out and a lot more support you know people are buying more merch than ever people are Mm -hmm. you know offering to help more than other you know like i think just general like first of all kindness is like you know it helps us a lot but also just like the lack of live music in the past few years is this really like crazy kind of bittersweet because it's like way harder to tour now but at the same time it's at the same time it's like way more fun to tour and or not i wouldn't say way more fun to tour because touring's like always fun but um there's just a lot more energy and a lot more maybe appreciation for actual live music now, I would say. I feel like COVID has also made people like a lot more aware of like what they're consuming and where it's coming from and the fact that it doesn't cost zero dollars to produce. Um, and I think that like is, you can see that reflected in like the hospitality industry a little bit. You can see that reflected in like social media presence and like consuming like live art. Um, I feel like that's just something that I think we've all become more aware of, like, is what our dollar actually means. Because I have also noticed that, like, people are, like, buying merch like crazy or, like, buying records like crazy. And it's, I mean, it's exciting to see. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, 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 it's definitely really, really amazing people came out. I mean, I think when we did the show in Indianapolis with Frankie, it was, like, the first, like, three three shows we did on the october tour you remember that show um sure yeah. 
uh, was it the black cat vinyl? yeah it was like the record label mm-hmm. and it was like the first time we've ever sold like more than like a thousand dollars in merch and, oh wow and i was like freaking out i was like holy shit like it was like day three i was like dude we, we sold like half the records that we brought and we had like we didn't we hadn't even played yet we we were like yeah it would be we're just like hanging out by merch you know like setting up and like people were like kept trying to buy stuff and we were like you know not a little confused but a, a little confused at first you know <laughs> um mm-hmm. you know just being our first one of our sh- first shows back and um it was i guess one of our sh- first shows back actually after the record and covid and all these things and it was like um we were definitely blown away and just very thankful you know a lot of people like came up and like you know told us how much like maybe the record men or like how like you know just like being at live music again felt so great and i was like i'm feeling the same thing like this is just as exciting as it is for us like trust me i mean this is uh what we do and you know here we are so let's make the best of it i guess yeah it was really amazing mm-hmm. wholesome yeah <laughs> Yeah, very a lot of wholesome moments at yeah, the merch table, I will say. Yeah. 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 So when you guys go out, um, obviously you you already mentioned you're going back on tour in August, and then we've talked about how you're going on tour with the psychedelic porn crumpets in October and November. What do you guys like to do when you go out on tour? I mean, I know it's a little things are a little different now in the current environment, but like what do you like to do when you're on tour besides quote TikToks in the van? <laughs> Um, we do um i mean a normal basis like a lot of us do a lot of work um zoltan does a lot of mixing for his studio uh webb's still in school so he he does classes and Mm -hmm. um you know vaughn is always like tming and just like doing everything like yeah driving you know so we all you know a lot of us work and do a lot of things on the normal day-to-day um but yeah on our day off we actually um we'd like to do a lot of fun things oh my gosh it's um bro i'm so sorry you are the most popular person right now i'm so sorry it's literally it's literally harry and webb i know i'm sorry i'm trying to delete (laughs) i think that i think i fixed it sorry about that i kept thinking that was me and i don't have an iphone i was like oh no um yeah, we, we actually, like, we've done a lot of putt-putt golf. Um, we'll go to, like, the aquarium. We really like to do, like, really fun stuff on our day off, like, go eat a lot of food and just, like, enjoy hanging out kind of as friends. Um, yeah, we, we actually do a lot of fun stuff, honestly. Who's the best yeah. at putt Who's the worst at putt-putt? I actually don't want to name actually, the best. Actually, hold on. Like, I have the putt-putt stats on the fridge. Let me go grab it. I want to know who's the worst, though. I don't want to know who's the best. Yeah, this, this, I don't know if this is between us and Frankie, uh, we went one of the nights, and I think Florida, we had like a night off, oh my gosh, are you serious? <laughs> it's, it's okay. Shut up. What, oh, it's web. You can put it okay. in the freezer. Okay, here we go, so, um, here's a putt-putt, the putt-putt, this, <laughs> like, we, we, so this is like Frankie the Witch Fingers versus Acid Dad, um, this is some good shit, this is some good shit, so... Um, let's see here. So, I think we did 228 versus, like, <laughs> Oh, it was, like, a combined score? Yeah, it was, like, it was, like, it was, like, a team, you know, like, band versus band. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wait, did this, uh, How does that work? Do you, does each person take a hole, or, like, just best score of the hole? Right, it was, like, it was, like, each player, you know, each player gets ah. a score, so, you know, like, truly, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just, Played a full round, yeah. Yeah, it took like like three hours. <laughs> like, it like really sounds very intense. We yeah. made the mistake of um, should we go eat or should we play putt putt putt, and everyone yeah. said let's go putt putt. By the end, everyone was super hangry and just wanted to go like have a beer and like hang out in the hotel room. <laughs> but it was really fun actually. We had a really good time. I keep this in the fridge. Wait, so what was the score? Because like it doesn't matter who won or lost. You know, it's perfectly vibes. Yeah. So, but, uh, so you guys won. Is that what we're getting out of this? I don't know. Who knows? We're keeping it up in the air. You know, we're keeping okay. it friendly. Well, I can I request that you guys do this with the psychedelic porn crumpets this tour in the fall, and yeah. then also keep those yeah. scores up. 
We interviewed Jack, so we can talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you talk to him, like, definitely be like, yo, what's up? We're, this, actually, this is the official challenge. It's like, yo, like, we're going to fuck you guys, like, down the place. Like yeah. yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, you better get fucking ready because you're going down. <laughs> Meet me outside. <laughs> Catch me outside. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't fucking show up, I'm fucking putting you on blast. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that should be, like, a running thing that you guys do every tour. It sounds fun. Like, challenge the band to putt-putt and then just keep all the scores we're gonna start bringing like um golf clubs on tour with us and stuff we have a trailer might as well throw it in (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny i actually almost grabbed when i was in nashville webb has like webb Webb used to play golf and so he has like Mm -hmm. this like stupid ass putter that has like a dollar bill on it that he like bought and I almost grabbed it to bring it up here. It's like, here when we go play putt putt. Like, I was like, yo, bro, I, I got you. I brought your putter from home, man. We call him Coach. <laughs> coach. We call Web Coach because he's he like calling putt putt. So good. He's so good. It's insane. Oh, you got a ringer. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. he's also our unofficial or official hype man for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. he's constantly anything we do. He's like, that's so sick. That's so hype. <laughs> and it's always like, he definitely is the morale booster of the band for sure. Real golf putters are ridiculous looking. They're like the giant square things, right? Yeah, yeah. My partner plays or plays golf. <laughs> he got the clubs. Yeah, he's got the clubs. I mean, he used he's to play. He used to play golf, but he doesn't play it very often. But it's like giant, and it's not what I expected after going to putt putt and thinking that they're all like that. They have like the crazy cases. You yeah, know, they have like the custom cases. I'm like, yo, like this is like hand knit like yeah. leather multicolor like who made this it's got its own like thing that covers it yeah and he's like very yeah. particular about it i think it's it's in the closet <laughs> <laughs> it's in the closet here like underneath a bunch of crap <laughs> That's That's like golf clubs, you know? <laughs> um okay so i have one stupid question left i don't want stephanie if you have any like real questions <laughs> I do have a real question, and then we have a series of stupid questions. Um, so I mostly before this interview, I was texting Stephanie all the stupid questions I wanted to ask. She was like, "Lindsay, these aren't funny." I was at a concert last night, and she's blowing my phone up, and I'm like, I, "None of this is funny right now." <laughs> I was dying. Um, <laughs> so, what do you think the gateway is to people discovering their music? Have you found people kind of say there's only been like bands or artists? that have like led people to finding you that you know of i would say right now with definitely levitation and our levitation mm-hmm. sessions as one event so i mean you know anyone under that umbrella we get a handful of people it could be you know anyone like black angels or mm-hmm. um i mean i don't know the list goes on and on so uh slift we get a lot of slift because that one that that session did super super well um yeah, I mean that that's the the one right now. I don't, I can't think of anyone else like band wise. Um Vaughn, do you have anyone? Yeah, like like the like the transfer I just wanna like comprehend the question, like like the transfer over like how people like could find us. Is that is that kind of weird? Yeah, yeah, so if you if people just said like, Oh, I like this band and then I found oh. you guys that way. Yeah, that's that's tough, you know. Um yeah, I guess like levitation band is probably pretty good i don't know honestly like however the fucking spotify algorithm works like it's like whoever we toured with too yeah mm-hmm. i mean but like it's honestly kind of how i like find bands like i'm listening to bands far and i'm like oh do you know this band and that's it's literally how i don't know people will find us so um it's honestly like kind of not even in our hands to be honest which is annoying but that's reality of <laughs> you know this digital age so something fun, I don't know if I should admit to, but we'll tell you. Um, I didn't know Frankie and the Witchfingers until I saw you guys at Bottom Lounge and saw you open for Frankie and Empty the Witchfingers. Empty Bottle. Sorry. Empty That's Bottle. <laughs> and it was a fantastic set. So yeah. <laughs> we went to go, I went to go see you guys. My partner just came because he, he has heard your stuff from when I play it. Um, and then some of his friends met us and I like they all loved your set. And then we stayed for Frankie. We were going to, we were like, we'll stay for a little bit couple songs and then head home because it was like a Sunday night I think um and then that's how we found them and then I told Stephanie to like go see them at Shaky Knees and 
So you guys are their gateway. <laughs> so if they ever listen to this and get... I know, I know. That's like, that's how that, that show be. If we know. ever interview yeah. them and ask them that question, they have to say ass to death. Yeah, <laughs> they have to. We got the Chicago, we got Chicago like hooked up. We know it's a dial. Well, it's funny because the first time I, I went to see you guys, I think in March of 2018, and I had no idea who you were. And one of our friends was like, hey, I'm going to the show at the bottle. You live not far. Just come with me. And I went and I was like, oh, this is going to be a thing now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> And then I brought Lindsay when my, you guys played again in November of 2018, and I brought Lindsay. Yep, for And then birthday. Lindsay was like, oh, this is a thing now. Yeah, and now it's a thing. <laughs> we were so excited. So when Porn Crumpets announced their, out, their um, tour, we're like, fuck yeah, Acid Dad too. This is going to be a sick show. Wait, so I actually have a question. How did you guys hear about the Porn Crumpets? That's like my question. Uh, right. Post-Animal Radio. Post-Animal Radio. On okay. Spotify. So Post-Animal Radio. Um, yeah. They are. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So just like the Spotify algorithm radio, when you like listen to an album and it's like, we're playing songs based on this, um, Second Dollar Corn Crumpets came up. Interesting. Interesting. So for me, um, I'm a little bit of a crazy person and I like to listen to as many new albums bit. that come out every week as possible. So I just like would go through like every media source between, you know, uh, our indie heads is a great source to like, they compile a list of everything that comes out so between indie heads enemy just people posting on wikipedia you know i would i just have a spreadsheet and i just listen to it and i'll like you know i'll listen to a little bit and then if i like it i'll keep listening and then if i don't you know on to the next one but that's how i found the porn crumpets when they did now what uh, now what you now call it album yeah now it's time yeah. for what you call it <laughs> yeah that one yeah um my partner discovered them separately like so i'm usually the catalyst for him discovering music and like he has one of their first records ever <laughs> wow um and i was like wait you know this band i don't know anybody else other than me and stephanie that know this band and now this is just a porn crumpets interview <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, because like they're australian band but um you know it's like I don't know. It seems like a little bit off the beaten path. Like I only know them because they. I used to work at a venue, and they mm-hmm. used to play at the venue, and like that's the only reason like why I cross paths with them. Um, but they've been blowing, you know, blowing the fuck up. So it's it's interesting to see kind of trying to connect the dots. Yeah. I think people are also paying attention to like Australian psych music right yeah. now. There's a lot oh yeah. Of between you know all Kevin. the obvious ones and like Amel and the Sniffers and like. Uh, so there's so many. I mean, Babe Rainbow. There's it's endless at this point, and I think there's going to be a lot of like bands who get a lot of attention from some of those waves and um, well deserved attention for sure. Yeah, when Jack was on the episode, he mentioned that it was like really interesting. That there's two sort of like psych waves, um, like one in Australia and New Zealand, and then the other ones like in California. From like Frankie mm-hmm. and the Witchfingers, the OCs, and like the Australia, New Zealand is like King Gizzard, um, them, Pond. Um, and it was like, he mentioned that. I was like, oh, that's actually like super true that there's kind of two of similar waves happening independently of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, but they're also weirdly influencing each other as well. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Stupid question time. You can, you can ask your stupid yes. question now, yes, Lindsay. Um, I actually, I have a second stupid question. I'm going to ask the stupid, stupid one first is, <laughs> what are you taking from the dead? And also, did you know it's bad to rob corpses? Have you seen the mummy? They all die. Yeah, the dead's the grateful dead. I don't know. Uh, grateful dead, yeah. Uh, we're, t- we're stealing their jams. <laughs> we're, stealing the, we're stealing the vibes. We're stealing the, no, yeah. Yeah, I posed that question to my partner, who was like, you know, they're talking about the Grateful Dead, right? And I was like, yeah, but it's funny if I get to mention The Mummy. Yeah, The Mummy. I mean, The Mummy is a good movie. Uh, fantastic Honestly, movie. really, really love The Mummy. Like, yeah, great movie for sure. All of if them you good. had said... It's like a good movie. I'm cooking dinner. It's midnight. Coming home from the hotel. Like, you know. Yeah, if you had said anything the negative vibe. about The Mummy, we're going to end this interview right now and just never post it. <laughs> just end call. Done. <laughs> And this for everyone, <laughs> accidentally. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm so glad that you guys love The Mummy. It's fantastic. The other <laughs> stupid question I have is, what would you have brought to the barbecue if you had been invited to the barbecue? 
I don't know. What did you do? Sorry, no, sorry, no. This because it's um, our boy's birthday on Saturday, and we were having this discussion. I'm like, Yo, I'm bringing potato salad. Like, I'm gonna be my aunt Carol. I'm gonna make like the most bomb ass potato salad. Like, I got y'all. May- mayo base or vinegar base? I feel like that's a regional thing, right? Yeah, it's a regional thing. Mayo or warm. That's sure. uh, Tennessee thing. Mayo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you put you eggs know. in it? Okay. Um. You know. I don't know. No. Maybe. I don't know. I gotta actually call my aunt Carol. Be like, Yo, like. <laughs> What's good with the potato salad recipe? <laughs> you can't fuck up the potato salad. It's really important. You could yeah. get it at Publix, I guess, and just pretend that it's yours. Yeah. I wish we had Publix here. Oh, here. oh are you? You're yeah. not. It's not a Tennessee one. You're not going to Tennessee yeah. for this. No, we have to, yeah, in New York, we don't have Publix. Well, no. I wasn't sure if you were going to Tennessee because there's Publix in Tennessee. No, no, yeah. No, we don't. I love Publix. I do too. Ch- chicken tender yeah. subs. Dude. Oh, so the good. pizza dough? We gotta get the pizza dough. The pizza dough is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I've bought that many times. Good. Yeah. Their cakes are really good, too. My sister's wedding cake was from Publix. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's great. Um, I'd probably just bring the beer and White Claw. I mean, that's simple. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's easy. All right, Steph, you got any stupid questions? Yeah, so um, it was funny, and I only thought of this because I saw a TikTok about it earlier. So you guys remember the debate of how are there more wheels or doors in the world? Um, are there more eyes or legs? And Lindsay, you can answer this too. <laughs> I texted you my answer to this. <clears throat> I don't remember what it was. See, so, so like my, my partner would not let the wheels or doors. Yeah, like, like, like we talk about this all the time, like, yo, we got to stop this. She says legs, legs, legs. Legs, legs. I agree. More legs than eyes? Yeah, I mean, look about centipedes. They have like a thousand legs. Yeah, but don't spiders uh, have like a They don't have eyes? a thousand eyes. The dog, I mean, but if there's, a, there's dogs, a lot more. Two eyes, four legs. legs all, yeah. the, all the deers, four eyes, two, you know. Four deers eyes. have four eyes? Sorry, I'm wondering. <laughs> Wait, two eyes, four legs. <laughs> what like, what horror are you living this in? Like, sick, I'm sorry. This is Zelda, dude. Like, what are you <laughs> Apparently legs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have an argument for legs as well. Oh, my partner says bubbles or pin strokes. I don't know what that means. Like, so I explain. Like writing, so like every stroke of a pin versus bubbles, like bubbles in a beer. Oh, wow. So bubbles That's in a, a beer, very bubbles deep in soap <laughs> versus like how much you write or how much everyone writes. Everyone? Bubbles. Oh, Everyone, I feel like people don't write that much. Pins. People don't write that much. Does it, like, typing count as a pin? Typing count? Yeah, typing counts. Oh. That's then, uh, then pen strokes. Pen strokes. There's yeah. a lot of things on the internet. I feel, like, I feel like typing shouldn't count. Because that's like... She says the ocean's full of bubbles. <laughs> Fair enough. The internet is... The wait, wait. The internet is a... Hey, hey, hey. The ocean is full of eyes without legs, so come for it. That's very true. The ocean also has legs, though. Crabs have legs. Shrimps have legs. Octopi have legs. There's fish we don't even know about. Yeah. Do we count the fish we don't know about? Oh, it's true. She says shrimp have, like, two eyes and a lot of fucking legs. That's what I said. Millipedes and centipedes have two eyes and, like, millions of legs. Fucked up. I hate these. I don't know. There's a lot of fish. The ocean's a big place. I don't know. To answer the pen stroke question, the internet is infinite, and there is lots of typing on the internet, so I would argue the internet is bigger than the ocean. Could we fit the entire internet into the ocean? Can we count the bubbles that are on the internet? There's my phone again. (laughs) What do we make? More text messages or bubbles in the ocean? (laughs) More text messages or bubbles on the internet? What's more, more text messages to my phone, or yeah, bubbles in the air. Thinking text to my phone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I like um, that one. <laughs> I like that one too. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm starting to say that to random strangers on the street. You can do like Excuse Billy me, on the street. <laughs> Just oh, run yeah. up to them. Yeah, Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. For a dollar. For a dollar. I love that so much. <laughs> 
pop culture icon. I, I take back my pop culture icon. What? Yeah. Who? Oh, she's saying, uh, are you gay? Do you like John Oliver? No, I know. I think the response is, who? Oh, who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's for a dollar. Name a celebrity you hate. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> scared. My favorite's like, for a dollar, name a woman. And they're just like, no, not one single. And they're like, <laughs> not even your man. mom. You're like, wait, yeah. All right, Steph, I don't have anything, any other stupid questions. Well, I, I mean, think, I have uh, a lot of stupid questions, but. I mean, we have a lot of stupid questions, but of the stupid questions we came prepared with, I think that about wraps it up. Yes. Cool. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to plug before we end this? Um, any fun things coming up? Um, honestly, if anyone has a van in the New York tri-state area, they don't want to rent us. Or LA, or, right? Or LA too, yeah. In October, oh. yeah. You know, holla at your boys. <laughs> um, I don't know. Or you want to sell me your van? That's not a ridiculous, ridiculous price. Um, reasonable price. Might consider it. I don't know. We trying out here. All right. <laughs> so if you got a van and go see some live music. Yeah, I guess it's my music. And buy people shit, you know, it's really important. Yeah. I'll buy your shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's economy, right? That's how the economy works. That's how capitalism works, yeah. That's how capitalism works, yeah. Yeah, buy my shit to buy your shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll keep trading the same $5 back and forth, and then we're making money. That's how Venmo works. You just keep sending the same $5 back and forth. Totally. Dude, microeconomics just blows your mind, right? It's crazy. Okay. Oh, cool. it's really great. Yeah. This has been really fun.